You know, and we are continuing with our panel. Uh, Pastor Walter Moss, Mr. Tim King, Dr. Larry Bove, uh, the uh, Imam Nader Taha, Rabbi John Adlin. Um, and thank you all again for taking time on your Saturday, especially especially Rabbi Adlin, who has been traveling all night and doesn't really know what time it is right now. And Rabbi, thank you so much for being with us. You're welcome. Can I can I add something to this conversation? Oh, please. Anytime you want. Yeah. So one of the things that I have found in the years that I have been a rabbi and, and doing the work that I try to do is one of the ways to combat uh, the ignorance and the intolerance and the hate and the and the racism is to reach out hands. I may not agree with everybody theologically, um, but if we find uh, common things to work on to be able to get to know each other, this was being said before the break, it makes it so much easier between our Thanksgiving interface service, which has I don't know, 15, 16 different religious communities representative, or we've built uh, three inter- uh, habitat houses uh, with the uh, Islamic community, Islamic Society of Northeast Ohio and other churches. You know, when you start doing that kind of work, people that you may, they not, may not know how you pray or the way that you eat, but they realize that you're human beings, and it makes it so much easier to be able to move forward and to sort of begin to wash away this this terrible plague of hatred that's in this world so true and and imam you you had a story that you were telling during the break and i i asked you to kind of stop and save it but it goes very much in the in line with what rabbi adlin just said uh we have uh, every year we uh, have uh, an interfaith dinner in our islamic society of akron and kent in which we invite about two, three hundred people from all different religions and uh, group and society members. And at that uh, last two years, I uh, talked to uh, Dr. Miller, who is from uh, Milan College, and to Rabbi uh, Brown, who is uh, the rabbi in uh, Temple of Israel in uh, Fairlawn. And at that time, I told them, uh, when I start reading the Holy Quran, and I got mature myself by retreating back and looking at the, and I found so many beautiful universal values that we can emphasize. Uh, For example, uh, one verse in the Holy Quran, God says, oh, uh, uh, like, Whoever kill innocent soul as if he killed the whole humanity and whoever save an innocent soul as if he saved the whole humanity So many verses like that. So I told uh, dr. Uh, Miller and uh, Rabbi Brown why don't you uh, or all of us start looking and dig deep into our uh, Holy Scriptures and we will find so many of those beautiful diamonds that emphasize universal uh, rights and justice and equality and love and mercy and we can then make it as the foundation for the way we teach our 
community and congregations and build the bridges that bring us closer to each other. You said, you also said that you, you preaching now and teaching now is totally different than it was 17 years ago. Yes, I, I was, uh, in fact, when you were talking about that, about your own experience, yes. I said uh, it was happened just only yesterday that when I was uh, sitting with my friend, Dr. Mir, and I was telling him that I have been giving ceremonies and speeches for the last 27 years. If you will listen to the first 10 years compared with the last 17 years, you are going to see a completely different person. Because uh, in the last 17 years, I start going outside of that limited circle of thinking of the Islam or Muslims as small or uh, closed community to start looking at we all as human beings we have a lot in common we can stand on that common ground fight the same fight of uh, all the evil all the problems that our, our society is going through so i myself when i look to those years i will find or i will see a completely different person yeah. do you have you all experienced that have you all experienced that I, I certainly uh, would jump in and say, yes, uh, mm-hmm. I have experienced that. And I, I'm thinking of that old adage that uh, wisdom comes with age. Mm-hmm. And when I look at the processes of which I thought and, and, and spoke and acted when I was younger, uh, and, and maybe less wise, um, sometimes, it, you know, to my dismay, it was... It was divisive. It, it, it was allowing the culture of the time or my associations of the time uh, to program my my mind, my thinking in, in an unhealthy way. I, I even I tell you that one of the changes that did take place when I was when I was young, though, um, I, I graduated from Canton McKinley High School in 1981. I'm glad to hear that our Bulldogs won their football game. Yay, yay. <laughs> and, uh, and I was at Crenshaw Junior High School prior to that um, in, in the uh, late 70s, and the TV show uh, Roots came out, which sparked some uh, races and divide. And I uh, played basketball and, and other sports, and some of my closest friends, even to this day, uh, or African-American friends of mine that came from McKinley, came from Crenshaw, and I began to, no matter how we pray, uh, I began to pray this uh, little prayer of, of, of God, help me to see people through your eyes. And, 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 I, and, I, and I prayed that for a long time, uh, J- Joe, and, and, and I think with age, I began to see people from all uh, denominations and races and religions, and while they're are some differences to see people through the eyes of of, of of their creator causes you to look for those uh, those diamonds that the rabbi just spoke of um, those truths of 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 people matter and people are valuable and uh, they have purpose in life and it, and it causes us to seek harmony and unity and relationship as opposed to uh, name calling and labeling and and, and dividing. Yeah, and, and so, yes, Joe. And I would say, I I would, I would say, wisdom comes with seeking, 
Not necessarily age, <laughs> because sometimes age, we we get settled in and we dig in, and yeah. and so I think it comes with with actually those who seek. I I have said it, and I said it at the beginning of the show today. There are things that I'm ashamed of who I was ten years ago, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and who I regret things I regret saying, positions I regret taking. Um, and, and it's only through, and a lot of it is because of all the people I have met in this show, mm-hmm. of all the people I've got to meet who have shown me a different, but it, it really only comes down to, you could read, you could do everything, but it's getting to meet people, Amen. getting to see people for who they are. And that's, you know. I said I didn't know the only people I knew on this panel today coming in was was Tim and and Pastor Moss who I've known for a long time. But now I'm hearing, you know, now I know Rabbi Ad Adlin. You know, I know the Imam here. I I know um, Imam Taha now. And I know Larry Bove and 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 these are people have now expanded my universe, so to speak. And that's where it really all begins. Yeah, it's like us just sitting around the table. I mean, we don't have any coffee or food in front of <laughs> we us. Could, we could. But, I could bring uh, it. <laughs> but this is what Dr. King said, that mm-hmm. we all can sit around the table mm-hmm. and be at the table. And this is important, right. communicating. Right. His, his goal ultimately was what he called the blessed community. Yes. That somehow or another... The real people of God, not yes. the official ones, but the real people of God were those people that could get together yes. and even share a meal. He said, wouldn't it yeah. be great if everybody brought their own food? And we ate across the tables and had this you know, blessed, blessed community. I, I think that you're right. There's a poet named T.S. Eliot, and he says, you have the experience but miss the meaning. There are lots of people that have experiences, but they miss the meaning. It right. goes over their head. And... and Fortunately, another dimension I want to add to is, is who were your teachers? Mm. Uh, my teachers were not people in the classroom. I, I, I spent many years in the classroom. I hate to say the teachable moment wasn't necessarily when I was sitting in my classroom with my professors. Uh, but some of the teachers are really important to who, to who we become. Uh, a man named George Irby in Columbus, Mississippi, uh, who, who actually his son was a professional football player for the New York Giants. I didn't know that at the time, but I was a young lieutenant uh, in the Air Force, and uh, for whatever reason, I had encountered Dr. King and some of those experiences. So I went into Mississippi not knowing what it was like, and 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 he was kind of like my guide because I really got angry uh, when I saw what I thought were really injustices. I got mad. I got really angry. Mm-hmm. If I talked to my base commander in the same tone of voice as I talked to an African American, I'd ruin his day. So I purposely spoke to everybody in the same tone of voice. Right. And I was really angry. And he, he used to tease me because he said, you got to turn your cheek. you got to learn how to turn your cheek. And I go, turn my cheek? I, I want to <laughs> punch him in the... I want to ram him into... He'd say, Lieutenant Bove, he used to call me Uncle Patty. Ed Patty, you got to turn your cheek. And, he, and it was like months he would go because I was just getting livid. And I had... It was just like, why is this, you know... and. In that case, he was really teaching me a very spiritual lesson that I wouldn't have learned, is, is how, how to develop alternatives to violence. Right. And that's what a lot of people don't have. Right. Because left to yourself, 
I am many men like you or me. You, I can be really angry. And when I get angry, I want to hurt somebody. Yeah. And I don't act on it, but some people do act on it. But the learning alternatives to violence is so important for young people. And and that, that takes time and, and place. And, and, and reaching out. And, you know, Rabbi Adlin, you have done every place you've been, and you've been a lot of different places. You have you have founded interfaith organizations in every place you have been, and it, it is obviously a part of who you are as a rabbi, correct? Absolutely. Whether it was in Lexington or Indianapolis or here in Canton, not to say founded, but I certainly have reached out across the lines and tried to be able to find ways to have a conversation with other clergy um, and always accessible to go into churches or any other community to be able to talk about Judaism because the, the best, best way to you know combat ignorance is with, with, with information, with just getting to see somebody else's face and realize they're, they're not the devil, they're not evil, and they're not bad. They're just another person who thinks about how we go through this world maybe a little bit differently. Now, what are the, I guess, when you look at this, gentlemen, you all come from different backgrounds. You all come from different faiths, uh, different ways of expressing your, uh, your faith in God. What is there, can, uh, religion can be, and this is a tough question, I guess, but religion can be, is, is probably faith in God is probably the most important thing that you could have to combat. We talk about looking at people through godly eyes. But it also is one of the most divisive things in the world. Where is there common ground between Judaism, Islam, Christianity, Catholicism, because all of these all of these faiths also have branches you know there there's different branches in this in the islamic faith there's different branches in in judaism there's different branches in catholicism in 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 protestant you know you have you have methodists you have presbyterians you have all these different yeah. people how do you, what is the common ground that someone could anchor then say, how do you anchor together and say we, there's, there's one diamond or two diamonds that affect all religions and bring us together? Is there one? That's a tough question. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of focus, uh, Joe, on mental health these days. As I said before, there's a lot of focus on physical health. But I would, I would venture to say that all of us uh, on this panel this morning would agree that the human being is a, is a trichotomous human being. We are not just mind and body or just a bunch of DNA cells floating through time and space. Right. Uh, but, but we are a third component, and that is spiritual. And it is that human soul that separates us from the rest of the, uh, the animal kingdom. And so that diamond, in my mind, would be... Uh, that uh, God the Father is behind every uh, human conception. And um, that is what I said earlier about praying to see people from all races and religions and backgrounds uh, through, the, through the eyes 
um, through the eyes of God. And while we can have some vehement disagreements theologically, um, and we we can say we agree to disagree, we, we shake hands and we go build a habitat for humanity home together. Uh, we go help those in need. We go feed the poor. We go help the sick. And we create unity amongst ourselves instead of division that way. But there has to be, but there has to be respect, and there has to be a common ground somewhere in the midst of all the different faiths and different religious practices. I believe uh, emphasizing those universal values mm-hmm. in every religion that will be not will include only the religions, it will even include all humanity. Those values, universal values of mercy, love, forgiveness, uh, uh, equality, all of those, I think, will be the the first step. Amen, I agree. It's a tough question, though. If if you're looking at it from a sociological point of view, if you want to get an answer, I think that's maybe a hard one for us to answer. But, you know, I, for example, I've often said when I die, I want my friend John Spitzer, the rabbi, my friend Father John and Pastor Herb to bury me. Let them figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, everybody has their own ritual, though I've got to do that in their territory. That's the institutional church. And, and, un- and unfortunately, the institutions themselves are not the message from, from the deity. God, that's, God, we create institutions as human, but... but the the, the the source of all love and of all goodness is is not necessarily the institution itself. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty in my tradition to be happy about, and there's plenty to be sad about. So traditions have good things and they have bad things in it. Our histories have good things and bad things. Um, the Catholic Church's history is checkered when you look at, at one thing after another. So that question, I think, is a hard one to answer. I think the better one is what you said before. Mm-hmm. How do we, as individuals, create relationships right. that build up? And I would say, as, as members of the United States, as opposed to other countries, we have also unalienable rights that we believe in, mm-hmm. that all people, without, without earning it, have a certain degree of respect, pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, which correlates with my Christian and I think are, are the key, like you said, what, what is something that all of us agree as followers of the book, whether it's Jewish, Protestant, Catholic, Imam, Islam, we believe that, that God creates all people with dignity. Uh, Rabbi Adlin, I want to hear from you on that. I, I, you know, as far as Judaism is concerned and reaching out, do, do, you, do, is, do you find it hard, harder to do it than any other any other religion or anything. No, I don't think so. I think the Imam said it very, very well. We share all of these universal values, and uh, right. um, one of the things I've always taught is respect the differences. You know, we have the universal values, but respect the differences. I may not agree with uh, some of the, the the precepts within Catholicism or Protestantism or. Is, uh, or Islam, but it doesn't, you know, if I respect who they are and that they worship the way that they do, um, it, it just breaks down all of these barriers. We can stand next to each other and we can, we can pray, even if we don't agree on everything. Nobody says we have to have, everybody has to think alike, um, but we shouldn't uh, hate each other because we think differently. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, one of the ways in which I've grown tremendously through the years is I used to approach those differences unfortunately with dogma because that's the 
that's just the way that we were raised and 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 the culture that we were in and 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 now i have uh switched to where i approach those differences with humility and uh and 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 to humble ourselves and to to openly discuss uh in in a in a relational manner in a in a friendly manner uh, knowing that no human being has all the answers and no human being uh, has a right to be dogmatic uh in 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 their in their thinking um but to have humility which is a is probably one of those universal virtues in our faith in our faiths our respective faiths that uh, we should humble ourselves before God um, and just seek that wisdom. And that that's a great way to end it. It is humility. It is getting to know individuals. It's getting to sit down and talking. Right. And if you have differences, to be able to discuss those differences in a civil and loving way. Amen. And and um, I, I, I want to thank you. I don't want to keep you gentlemen, I know you all have things that you have to do. Um, Rabbi, I hope you get some sleep. I know you've got this is a holy day for you, and I know you're going to be busy, and I can't thank you enough for taking time to be with us today. Thank you. And uh, all of you. I Go ahead, Pat, Rabbi. I'm sorry. Well, we'll see. I'm sure I'll see many of you soon, so uh, have a great day, but I do need to get going. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Rabbi. And and all of you, it was it was great to meet my new friends. It was great to see my old friends. Um, I I can say that I honestly and truly love you all. Amen. And um, uh, and I hope we continue this dialogue and we continue to work and 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 avoid the things that are going on and, and short circuit some of this hate and this anger uh, and talk face-to-face, get to know each other, get to love each other rather than label and hate and categorize and take the easy way out. I thank you all so much for being with us. You're welcome. God bless you. Mercy, mercy me. I... uh, uh, that was unbelievable discussion uh, with those men. They were all, it was perfect, perfect group of people together. And it's hard to transition from something that deep and serious into sports. But we must, John. We must. It is very difficult. But you did an excellent job, by Thank the way. You. It was Thank you. great to listen to. And uh, anybody who wants to listen to that later, I'm sure it'll be up on whbc.com. And I would, I would recommend a listen. You're podcasting the that whole entire, just that separate interview, that discussion. Yeah, usually I put up each hour separately. I'm going to do that, but I'm also going to take that that segment alone and put it up by itself, so awesome. anybody can listen to that. Thank you so much, Sean. You did a remarkable job with that too. Um, I want to get into high school football. Sure. We wrapped up. You did a game last night. Where are we today? We've got Maslin, McKinley. Sandy Valley. They play tonight. Yeah. Uh, East Canton plays tonight. Tusla plays tonight. Yes. So right now we've got two that we know are continuing. Yes. Maslin won last night. They beat uh, Walnut Ridge. Uh, 45 to 14. Closer game than a lot of people thought. Walnut Ridge hung around for two and a half quarters. And okay. then uh, 
Maslin in the last, I don't know, probably 18 minutes of game action just, you know, woke up and kind of got through the McKinley haze that comes with a team going into week 11 after playing in that game. And then they, they reeled off, what was it, uh, 28 consecutive points and were able to win. And then McKinley, in in an impressive fashion, and you were obviously there, they didn't have any type of haze, it seemed like, last night. They just came out and kind of played a, a solid football game. After maybe a couple of down weeks, they uptrended again. Well, and and I, I look at it this way. I look, Masson wears you down. Sure. And and they just constantly wear you down and wear you down, and they and they... They physically dominate you, um, and that has continued and probably will continue for a while. McKinley, I have to commend the first of all the players and the coaches of McKinley because I said last night before the game that before the game took place there was a game already going on, and that game was between every coach and every player and their mind. <laughs> because the story was going to keep playing through their mind that they had lost the last two games. Yeah. And they had lost the Maslin game. And they were dominated against uh, stopping the run in those two games. Absolutely. So the story, they had to defeat the game before the game in order to play that game. And the coaches and the players responded phenomenally because. They shut down the run. Mm-hmm. They they played great defense. They played s- unbelievable, unselfish offense. Everybody got touches. Everybody made plays. Everybody responded, and and they eliminated the turnovers. They they kept the penalties to a few. Uh, and they, I thought they played a, a, a typical way that when McKinley is on, they are hard to stop. Always. They always have been. Well, I, I think this year more than sure, any sure. year. They've got more weapons and they've got more unselfish players. Um, and it doesn't go through one guy. It goes through, and Dan Reardon and his staff have done a phenomenal job of, of getting it getting everybody involved in the offense. Well, and they move on to play Mentor now, whereas Maslin moves on to play Whitehall Yearling. Uh, Marlington fell last night. Their season comes to an end. They finish 8-3, and three, and then the uh, stream game that we had, Alliance, lost a real heartbreaker. They made a couple of fantastic plays last night. They scored on a 4th and 12 in the 4th quarter from the 29 of Medina Buckeye to cut it to 2. Then they were able to complete an 80-yard touchdown pass with a minute 50 left. And then Medina Buckeye hadn't completed a pass all night. Down four with a minute and a half left in the game. They complete their first pass of the night, and it goes for a touchdown. And Alliance loses by three. Alliance, I'll tell you what, Seth Whiting had a great year after starting 0-2, but those kids will relive that game for years to come. And tonight we've got uh, Sandy Valley at Manchester. That's going to be your stream game. That's going to be a good one. And uh, St. John's East at East Canton. That's going to be our uh, radio game. That'll also be a good one. Uh, and we'll have updates on, on Tusla and Orville as we go along with that, too. So that's all tonight. We're going to step aside real quick. When we come back, we're going to do our contest. So you get ready. Get your phone fingers ready. Not your foam fingers. Foam fingers. Your phone finger ready. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Browns just to wrap it up. 
Do we have to? Yeah, we do. Contest time. And we are going to give away a $50 gift card to Bunker Hill Golf Course in Medina. It's one of Kenny's favorite places. It's a They have a golf simulator. You could use it for food, beverages, the golf simulator, whatever. And um, That's how he scores well. Yes. Yes. And we are going to go to caller number one. What is your name, please? Larry. Hey, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you, Joe? I'm doing well, thank you. Larry, do you uh, did you hear the answers? Yes. Okay, good. All we have to do is combine those answers with the questions I'm going to give you. Are you going to use this? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad. Um, in what religion is Ramadan celebrated? That would be Islam. Yes, sir. Very good. You are so good. According to all census data since the Confederation, this is by far the largest religious denomination in Canada. Roman Catholicism. Very good, Larry. Shinto, or Shinto, I don't know how you pronounce that, Shinto? You get extra points if you get that. Shinto is originated in what country? Japan. Larry, you are the winner. Thanks. I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, Sean will get all your information. Okay. And you could come in this week and pick up your $50 gift card and enjoy your time at Bunker Hill Golf Course. All right. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Larry. You have a wonderful weekend, okay? All right. You too. Thank you. All right. We've got a little time left. John. The three answers there, Islam, Roman Catholicism, and uh, Japan. Very good. Three things that never go together. I know. They should. They should. Yeah. After the show today, they have to go together. They do. They do. Um, I I wanted to get, um, I'm, I'm, you heard me say about uh, Josh McDaniels. I think it would be the perfect fit. For him I, to come to I I don't have a problem with the idea of it. I mean, I think it would be great to bring him here to to I guess Northeast Ohio where he's you know a native of. I right. think that'd be a cool story. Um, it would also be bringing in a guy who has a great offensive mindset, has worked in the Belichick system for years, and and learned his ways, learned his culture more than anything, Joe. And you bring him in, and you bring in a guy that can mold Baker Mayfield. And opposed to before where they've had coaches, Hugh Jackson, who says he's the quarterback whisperer, well, Josh McDaniels has won meaningful games with a meaningful quarterback in NFL history. And there's a lot of talent on the table here with Baker Mayfield. And unless you get the right guy to mold him, just like every other quarterback that's been drafted – the Browns are going to mess this guy up. I think you have to have an offensive coach, an offensive head coach, be the next coach. Hire a good de- Let the offensive coach hire his staff. Let this head coach bring in his people and find a defensive coordinator that he absolutely trusts and can move and could, could get out of that area. And be there for the for Baker Mayfield. No one 
has a better relationship, a working relationship, none of the coordinators in the NFL have a better working, collaborative working relationship with his quarterback as Josh McDaniels. I think he'd be perfect. I just want to point out one thing because I know you got to wrap up here really quickly, yeah. but if the Browns had beaten New Orleans, if they had beaten Oakland, and if they had beaten Tampa Bay, could you imagine the fact that Hugh Jackson would still be here and everybody would be singing his praises? Yeah. That's the difference at this point. Bingo. Three very close games. That's very true. And I want to thank Pastor Walter Moss, Mr. Tim King, Dr. Lawrence Bove, Imam Nader Taha, and Rabbi John Adlin for being on the show. I want to thank uh, you for listening. Sean, you did a great job putting this all together. Have a great week, everybody.